0: Sometimes we live in fear of the Lord's return. We have this promise that He will return for us someday and complete His kingdom work. But sometimes we're fearful because we just think to ourselves, I I don't think I'll measure up. But let me tell you, He's here this morning. He's here with us, with each one of you this morning. And I want you to get a sense of God's presence and if you closed your Bibles, I want you to open them up to Joshua chapter one. We're going to be looking at that text this morning, and you'll want your finger there. You've also got an outline in your folder. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. It says we're supposed to read it to the congregation. How are you? I just had to send you this letter to tell you how much that I love you and care about you. I saw you yesterday as you were walking with your friends. I waited all day hoping that you would walk and talk with me also. As evening drew near, I gave you a sunset to close your day and a cool breeze to rest you last evening. Then I waited, but you never came. Oh yes, it hurt me. "'But I still love you because I am your friend. "'I saw you fall asleep last night, "'and I longed to touch your brow "'and to spill moonlight upon your pillow and your face, "'and again I waited, wanting to rush down "'so that we could talk. "'I have so many gifts for you. "'You awakened late this morning "'and rushed off for your day. "'My tears were in the rain. "'Today you looked so sad, so alone.' It makes me, my heart ache because I understand. My friends let me down and hurt me many times also. But I love you. I try to tell you in the quiet green grass to whisper in the leaves of the trees and to breathe it in the color of the flowers. I shout to you in the mountain streams and give the birds their songs to sing. I clothe you in the warm sunshine and perfume of the air. My love for you is deeper than the the oceans and bigger than the biggest um, want or need that you might ever have. We will spend eternity together in heaven. I know how hard it is here on earth. I really understand because I was there and I want to help you. My father wants to help you too. He's that way, you know. You're not alone. He is always with you. Just call me, ask me, talk to me. It's your decision. I have chosen you, and because of this, I will wait. Because I love your friend, Jesus. He's here. He's here in our midst this morning. God is with us in every task, every walk of life. And we've been doing this series in the Gospel of Mark, and I couldn't help but think, you know, we need to reflect on how God is with us so that as Jesus mentors his disciples in the Gospel of Mark, as he mentors us as his disciples in our world today, that we will experience God's witness, God being with us, that tremendous promise that God gives us. And we see in our text that was read for us by Mark this morning, we see that God is with Joshua. Joshua was one of his leaders, and we'll get into a little more of his story in a moment, but his task, his assignment that was given to him by God of what he was to do, we read about in the first four verses there of Joshua chapter 1. But then in verse 5, we read, No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will le- never leave you. I will never forsake you. That had to be encouraging because he was taking over the reins from Moses. Moses had died, and it was now Joshua's job to lead God's people and to lead them into the promised land. And God has something for each and every one of us to do in our lives. But never forget, you are not alone, that He will be with you in all that we do. God's presence is promised. And in fact, it's a little bit repetitive. There's an emphasis. uh, Anytime something's repeated, it means there's an emphasis on this. If you turn back just a few pages towards the front of your Bibles to Deuteronomy 31, I want to read a couple of verses there to you. Deuteronomy 31, verses 6 through 8. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. And then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, and this was the passing of the baton from one pastor to another, this is going to be the same thing that our church will be going through shortly where I will pass the baton as your pastor to your next pastor. And so this promise is as much relevant today as it was these many years ago. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give to them, and you must divide it among them as an inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Sound familiar? That's what we just read in Joshua chapter 1. And what God is trying to do through the authors of his word is to show us the emphasis, the solemn promise that God makes to us. Make no mistake about it. God is with us. Now, if I was Joshua, having to pick up the mantle of leadership of these people And we read throughout the first five books of the Bible that these people were not the choice group always. I have a wonderful congregation to lead, but Moses' congregation, well, left some things to be desired many times. And I can imagine Joshua saying, but Moses, he was the greatest. Nobody's ever going to compete with him. How can I possibly compare? And you know something? It seems like so often in our lives, we can find somebody better than us to compare ourselves to and to beat ourselves down. But God... Made each one of you special, valuable, and in his words here, he says to be strong. All oh, right, I can remember when I was a boy sometimes, and I'd be walking the streets of Cleveland, and and I can remember just thinking when the bullies were kind of picking on me and whatnot. Wouldn't it be neat to have a pet lion, God? You know, a pet lion. I need Aslan by my side so those bullies would leave me alone. Be strong. Be courageous. In verse 7 of our text, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law that my servant Moses gave you. Be strong. Be very courageous. But then he goes on to say in verse 7, Ah, be careful. Be careful to obey all the law. It reminds me. I had this flashback to my teenage years. I'm going to go out on a Friday night. And what does mom do when you leave? She says, have fun. And what else? Be good. And you're sitting and say, that's like jumbo shrimp. That's an oxymoron. That doesn't fit. It doesn't. How can I possibly have fun if I'm going to be good? And how can I be good if I'm going to have fun? Yeah. But God continues, be careful to obey all my teachings. And then God goes on and explains what be careful looks like and how be careful is done in our walk with Him, and that's to attend to His Word. But then the third phrase, so we be strong, be careful. The third phrase we have is do not be discouraged. Discouragement. You know, that plows us under so often in life. Things don't quite go the way we planned that they would go, and we get discouraged. We get down. And as our text was read, did you notice? Three times, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous in verse 7, and then in verse 9, be strong and courageous. And then as if to draw a picture for Joshua and for us reading this today, do not be discouraged. And a lot of times it's linked with do not be afraid and be discouraged. And the word afraid there is to be terrified. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel a little bit terrified at what God asks of me. The things that I need to do in my life, or the things I need to carry out of His will for His kingdom work. And yet He reminds me, Bill, do not be discouraged. So let me ask. How do we lose our strength? How is it that we fade in our courage? How is it that our hearts are broken and ache? How is it that we lose hope? Well, it's when fear overcomes us. When we operate more out of fear than out of God's strength. And I don't know about you, but I get terrified at times. And I need to sit there and recognize that God is with me. My Aslan, my lion is with me all the time. And I have nothing to be afraid of. I should not fear. I should not be discouraged. God says, I will be with you wherever you go. And that's not just when I stay on track. It's also when God needs to exercise His contingency plans because I've blown it and I've strayed. In verses 10 through 15, Joshua tells the people what God has said. And how do you think the chapter would end? Any idea? Any guess? Well, when you look at the last verse of the chapter, it says Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, and whatever you may command them, will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. He bookends this very important text, this passage, with the idea to be strong and courageous, to be in our God. And it occurred to me as I was kind of mulling over, there's two primary elements. The first one is the element of faith, that we believe, we accept in faith that God is with us, that God is our God. And then the next thing is the actions, be strong, be courageous. That's God's will for our life. When we have the faith that God is with us and we be strong and courageous in Him and that we not be discouraged. But Bill, you might ask, and we're on Roman numeral number two in the outline, how can God stick with me? I mean, I blow it all the time. I sin and break His commands. I I keep sinning over and over again. The things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. The things that I want to do... Those are the things that I don't do. I'm overwhelmed by life, overcome by my circumstances. And I would ask you, well, do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? That was our love dare challenge, to love God and to serve him. And so for a moment, I want you to just listen I want you to soak in the hot tub of God's Word, and I want to share Psalm 91 with you. If you want to look at it and follow along, you can. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord... He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampant. You will not fear the terror of night. "...nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and seek the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge... Then no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, you will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him in honor. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Powerful powerful words. And so, God promises that He will be with us. And God says that He will rescue and protect us no matter what. And then He asks of us that we be strong, that we be careful, and that we not be discouraged. Jeremiah the prophet Chapter 31, verse 3. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you, each one of you, with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. Do you believe it? Do you live like you believe it? So that's kind of the faith part of it, is that God will rescue us, we claim that, we trust that, that God will protect us, that God will be with us. But for a moment, I want you to contemplate the third point. What about the action part? What about what it is that God wants each of us to do as his true disciples, What do I have to do? And why is it that I resist what God wants me to do? In Matthew chapter 28, it says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I will be with you, even to the end of the age. But instead, we're a lot like Jonah. We had the opposite direction. We're out of here. Because sometimes we're fearful or feel we lack the gifts or the abilities. Or don't trust that promise that we claim to believe that God is with us. And when we feel lonely and rejected, when we feel hurt and discouraged, we often decide to go it alone. We go off on our own. We're going to do it ourselves. We're like the people in Acts chapter 7 when Stephen was brought to trial and going to be stoned. And Stephen is witnessing and sharing with the religious leaders, and they didn't like it. They didn't care for it a bit. And it's interesting that a parallel to Deuteronomy 31 that we read earlier in verse 27 calls the people of Israel the same thing that Stephen here calls the religious leaders. He says, You're stiff necked, you always resist the Holy Spirit. May that not be said of us, that we resist God's spirit and his leading. So back to Acts, the story there, they stoned him as a result. But God was with Stephen, even in the midst of death. With him, and in Acts chapter 7. Verse 55 and 56. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Note that we are not called to do the job, the mission, the task. We're not called to do it alone. There was a young Chinese man. His name was Lo. And he was reading through the New Testament, being challenged by Christianity, wondering if this religion had any merit. And he came across these verses in Matthew 28, uh, verses 19 and 20. And when he read, he was so surprised that God called him by name and said, Lo, I am with you always. Each of us could plug our name in there. Bill, I am with you always, and each of you could plug your own name in. Just as Lo, when he read that, thought that God was speaking specifically to him, this verse, God's word became all the more real to this young Chinese man. My fellow believers in Jesus Christ, you can put your name in that verse and claim the promise of God that he is always with you. Christ gives us these reassuring words to all That will follow him. We just sang a moment ago. I will follow him. Will we? I really like playing softball. I love playing softball. I I started with baseball and so on. As I got older, I did softball and so on. But it's really hard to play by yourself. It is so hard to do baseball by yourself. You need a Sherry Dill or a Jeremy Metzler or Steve Starr. You need somebody else to kind of help you because it's so hard to do it by yourself. We need one another we need our Lord. Oh, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> I'm reminded of a man who had a really, really bad day and he got really hurt very badly. And, well, let me share the story. When a man was asked to fill out group insurance forms to explain how he received so many injuries that he's claiming, uh, this is what he replied. I'm writing in response to your request concerning block number one on the insurance form, which calls for the cause of my injuries, so I put down there that I tried to do the job alone. You said you needed more information, so I trust this following will be sufficient. I'm a bricklayer by trade, and one day I was working on this building alone, and Laying brick, and I had about four, uh, about 500, 600 pounds of brick left over. And so I thought it'd be so hard to carry that all down the stairs, you know, brick by brick type of thing. And there was this big barrel up there, and I thought, well, okay, I'll hook that up to the pulley here. And I'll have this uh, barrel, I'll load it full of bricks, and I'll send it over the side there, and so on. And <clears throat> so I skewered the end of the rope at the ground level and went to the top of the building, loaded in the bricks. And uh, then, ensuring a nice slow descent, I went down to the bottom and released the rope. But as you will note in block number six of the insurance form, I weigh 150 pounds. Due to the shock of being jerked off the ground, I lost my presence of mind and forgot to let go of the rope. Oh, we're not done yet. (laughs) Between the second and third floor, I met the barrel coming down. This accounts for the bruises and contusions on my upper body. Regaining my presence of mind, however, I held tightly onto the rope now and proceeded rapidly up the side of the building, not stopping until my hand was jammed into the pulley. This accounts for my broken thumb and bruised hand. Despite the pain, I retained my presence of mind and held tightly onto the rope. But at the same time, the barrel hit the ground, broke open, and dumped the bricks, the contents, all over. And as I recall, my weight again uh, on the line there... um, The barrel only weighed about 50 pounds, and I weigh 150. So as you can guess, I began a rapid descent, and the vicinity of the second floor, I met the barrel on its way up. This explains the injuries to my legs and lower body. Slowed only slightly by this, I continued my descent, landing on the pile of bricks. Fortunately, my back was only sprained, and the internal injuries were minimal. I'm sorry to report, however, that I lost my presence of mind and let go of the rope. The empty barrel came back down the side of the building, crashing down on top of me. I trust this answers your concerns. Please know that I'm finished trying to do the job myself. (laughs) May that never have to happen to us. May we learn from his experience that we're not in this alone. God and his spirit are with us. Jesus had been sharing some difficult times with his disciples, including the prediction of his death, and he leaves the disciples and us with these words in John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 33. I have told you all these things. Why? That you might have peace. You see, in the world you will have trials and troubles and tribulations, but fear not, I have overcome the world. Jesus whispers to us, I am with you. In this hour of deepest need, I am with you. And when the way is dark and lonesome, I am with you. I will lead you. Christ goes with us. In Mark's gospel, in the next few weeks, together, we're going to see how he works with his disciples, how he builds in the confidence that, in fact, he is there, that he is with them and will be with them, and even when he physically needs to leave, that he will leave the Holy Spirit to be God's presence within them. And as we walk the path with Christ's disciples and learn how to be true disciples of the Lord, living for our Lord, we must claim God's promise to be strong, to be courageous, to not be discouraged, and to claim the promise that God is with us. And so the question is, Are you living like God is with you? Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you do not abandon us. That whatever our circumstances, you never leave us, you never forsake us. God, the world is troubled and not at peace. Father, may we be your agents of peace, courageous and strong. May we lead people to your promised land. We pray this in your great name.